that welcome back <clears throat> him and uh let's see what's going on trump mocked and hilarious new ad nice about his indictment good american dentists are mocked shocked the with this new 49 dollars ultrasonic so device this revolutionary dental me. device is saving Americans thousands oh, of dollars. Thanks for 100K. So, folks, I have a three-course meal for you this afternoon of old Donnie's humiliation, starting with some reporting, pointing out how he's losing his mind in his home. He's going through wild mood swings, flipping out everywhere, to somebody pointing out, somebody who helped Donald Trump ghostwrite one of his books about how he would be the world's worst witness and no jury will believe him, to the main course, which is one of the most hilarious ads I've seen mocking Trump, a political ad from fellow conservatives mocking him after his indictment, mocking yeah. him in light of this world-breaking historical humiliation yeah. and incrimination of Trump. Each of these gets better than the last. So buckle in, we'll watch them, and then we'll break them all down. First to you, because in your new article, you report the news of the indictment caught Trump and his team completely on guard. How on was Trump's team told about the charges and why were they so surprised? We all remember Trump told the world he would be arrested almost two weeks ago. Mm. Yeah, look, you know, I was actually talking to a bunch of Trump mm -hmm. people uh, when the indictment news broke. And uh, at least some of them learned about the news via uh, the know. New York Times breaking app alert. Uh, and so they really learned about it along with everyone else. And then they uh, peeled off to uh, strategize with Trump, who had actually spent the morning dealing with uh, a bunch of Daily Mail stories that he was uh, trying to get taken down. And so <laughs> you know, I think this was not how they wanted to hear about the indictment. Certainly, uh, some of the aides who have been in Palm Beach who are waiting for the indictment to drop for, for several weeks actually went back to Washington uh, the day the indictment came down and then had to hardly go back to Palm Beach once again to be with the president. And so, you know, I think it kind of encapsulates the, the wider issue of they don't have or did not have any information about what sort of charges they still do not uh, and they didn't know the timing and so they basically Hugo, i know a couple of weeks ago you reported that trump wanted to be handcuffed wanted to make a spectacle of his arrest now that his arraignment is imminent does he still want to be handcuffed in public what are no, you hearing on he's that? gonna run like oj yeah it's, it's difficult to get a sense of what trump feels right at that at this moment you know he his mood has fluctuated uh, in, in kind of in recent weeks, he's okay. gone from real anger towards uh, the fact that he was going to get indicted to this resignation that if he was going to get indicted, then, you know, he might as well come to New York and he wanted to be handcuffed. And he was very specific to AIDS about, you know, he wanted his hands behind his back and so he could project the show of defiance and strength to his supporters. Wait, hang on but a second. Yeah. Wait, wait. He, yeah. he wanted his hands behind his back. We don't even see that anymore. Don't we see people with the hands cuffed in front? So he wanted to take the extra dramatic step to show himself like, oh, you know, that's strange. Just saying. No, he was very specific in that instruction. And uh, I think it kind of took his aides uh, by a little, uh, again, by surprise. You know, they did not anticipate this level of insistence from Trump. Certainly when he then said, you know, I don't care if the security concerns, you know, I want to be a martyr. I think that solidified in that moment what Trump wanted. But then when the indictment actually came down, his response was much more muted and he was trying to take it in. And I think it's one thing to be talking about a potential indictment. Mm -hmm. I think Harry would agree that once you actually get hit with an indictment, it's a completely different story, and the enormity oh, yeah. was actually starting to sink in. Yeah, reality can be sobering. Same <laughs> level of...
command anymore. He's turned a lot of people, but they're not going to do the same. There's an awful lot of them, including, you know, uh, those who showed up at the Capitol who have been able to observe that they might end up in jail if they do what he tells them to do. So he did tell them again. And you're right. They haven't done it yet. I hope they won't. Yeah. And I don't take a position on if they come out peacefully, but if they do the thing that he called for, he's posting a bat, he's posting violent imagery saying death and destruction. If they do that, yes, you just made uh, a point that I think I will reinforce as a legal item for anyone watching. That's a legal scholar. <laughs> well, a legal. Well, you know what Lecrae says? Well, I no, I don't know what Lecrae says. He says the reason why I sound the same is the truth don't change. The truth don't change, all right, and he's all rage all the time. Right. So I think what's happening right now is that he moves between rage and literally uh, a blend of delusion and dissociation. I mean, I, I think he his grip on reality is, you know, incredibly thin a lot of the time. And when he's not out of touch with reality, he's just angry. What's he angry about? I've been caught. I could be caught. I could end up in an eight by 10 foot cell. Now, I don't think he's thought about that. I don't think he has the capacity to imagine himself inside a cell. But we know from a lot of reporting that he is concerned. He was concerned about getting indicted. You dealt with developing a narrative, as they call it, a story about himself, which he then supersized. And you, you've talked about that. You've also given money to charity and talked about the evolution of that. You didn't want him to become president. The story he would tell in this trial, uh, would it be effective? Would it be different than the story his lawyers will try to tell? You know, I think he's so unmoored now. If you look at just, for example, his last speech, the one he just did in, I think, Texas was yeah. last week. Yeah. I mean, he is so unmoored from reality that I don't think he's a great witness. Um, mm. Now, he would never be a great witness with a whole jury because many of them would go like, I don't I don't believe you. But he in the past, I think, could have come off effectively with at least one or two. I'm not sure that he's unless it's an absolute devotee. I'm not sure that he can hold himself together enough to be in any way persuasive. The people around him. Um so many for so many reasons are sycophantic and yet we showed the reports that more people are cheering this i mean if you if you're being railroaded or you've been even halfway decent to people they might they might quibble with you as a boss it doesn't mean they want you to be wrongly uh, prosecuted uh so that what did you make of the, the the reported quiet cheering my heart is broken i'm holding my head down in shame i had some tears in my eyes earlier i feel bad for the guy this is what it seems to be it's a political purge. This is burning down the rule of law. This is going to destroy America. This is like communist level shit. This is exactly like what happened during the fall of the Roman Republic. It's like Stalin's purges. This is literally legal voodoo. The Bill of Rights is gone. They have declared, quote unquote, the Roman Civil War. You can't trust Democrat prosecutors anymore if you're a fair citizen of the United States of this country. They are after Donald Trump because they're really after you. This weird new tool is quickly becoming the most popular tool for gardeners in 2023. It combines all the power yes, what of a, a traditional nightmare. chainsaw into one compact device that can be you. They have spent probably trillions 
putting you in your place. We must persuade them. <laughs> the people around him. Uh, so many, for so many reasons, are sycophantic, and yet we showed the reports that more people are cheering this. I mean, if you... If you're being railroaded or you've been even halfway decent to people, they might, they might quibble with you as a boss. It doesn't mean they want you to be wrongly uh, prosecuted. Uh, so that, what did you make of the, the, the reported quiet cheering? My heart is broken. I'm holding my head down in shame. I had some tears in my eyes earlier. I feel bad for the guy. It's March 31st, 2023. Oh, and we shit. are reporting on the first filing for the guy. This is what it seems to be. It's a political purpose. This is burning down the rule of law. This is going to destroy America. This is like communist level shit. This is exactly like what happened during the fall of the Roman Republic. It's like Stalin's purges. This is literally legal voodoo. The Bill of Rights is gone. They have declared quote-unquote, the Roman Civil War. You can't trust Democrat prosecutors anymore if you're a fair citizen of the United States of this country. They're after Donald Trump because they're really after you. They have spent probably trillions putting you in your place. We must make them pay a price. They've wanted violence from the right from the beginning. This is the season of them staging terror attacks and blaming it on Trump supporters. I mean, we're in a police state. I'm not even arguing this. They're still not doing anything with Hunter. Think of the Hunter Biden laptop. 33,000 deleted emails. This is too great an assault on our system, much greater than anything we saw on January 6th. They will regret doing this. What you're seeing now is lawlessness, and the question is who can stop it. And people better be careful. And that's all I'll say about that. Probably not the best time to give a gray or 15. And I think most people know that. DonaldJTrump.com. Go tonight. Give the president some money. We're going to fire for Donald Trump, and we're just rallying behind the man today with ham sandwiches. Lincoln Project. So that first one there really does show, it demonstrates fundamentally that he's losing it, right? That he's going through wild mood swings. This idea that he's calm, cool, and collected, rational, and he thinks this is good for him is, is insane. There are moments where he's up, but then there are moments where he's at rock bottom. And it shows a man that doesn't know what's happening. Like, he's really in the dark. Probably less than, than we are, but he's in the dark. Remember, they were caught off guard with this. They didn't expect this. Maybe they expected it in a month or two, maybe. But Trump, honestly, I think, thought he was out of, out of the woods after the delay. Turns out, the exact opposite. And that second clip notes that he's a terrible witness. That guy helped ghostwrite Art of the Deal. Trump's too dumb to write an actual book himself. Let's be honest. And that man says, somebody who helped Trump get into the mind of Trump to write a book, um, says, like, this man would be the world's worst witness. Like, maybe in the past there could be something salvageable, but the man as he is now is utter cuckoo bananas, and no one's gonna believe him, and putting him on the stand as a defense witness would be the single worst thing you could do. Of course, you can't force him to testify then, but if somebody's not willing to testify, it's often a red flag in a case like this in particular. And then finally, we get to that brilliant ad showing the insanity of the movement, because we have to understand this is not just a humiliation for Trump. What the Lincoln Project did there was humiliate Trump and his family and his movement. They are all nutbars. And what this means is that none of them actually have a real defense. There's no actual real defense for Trump here. Even when his lawyers speak in public, there is no defense. It's all crying and whining and complaining and inciting. And what that demonstrates is that we're going to hear a lot more of that in the coming days, weeks, and months as we head towards this trial. 
Because mark my words, the hilariousness and the humiliation for Trump, it's it started, but the bar it is down here right now, and it's only going to get crazier. So buckle in, it's going to be a wild ride. Right on, I'm ready. Trump indicted, what comes next? Legal AF, RPM. Looking for something new. I might as touch. This is men's favorite mini shaver in 2023. The steel sheet imported from Germany is used for fast shaving in 5 seconds. Point 15 blade sharp. Said he would give himself up. He ain't gonna give himself up. I bet you a dollar. Whole dollar. Okay, mark him. Pressure. Joseph Goebbels, architect of the Holocaust. Actors who cheated with their co-stars on set. Weekend live episodes. Oh shit, what's that? Mississippi in Alabama. Um, take sometimes a doubling of the number of supercells. If you double the number of supercells, the, the number of unfortunately. Mysterious deaths of Casey Kasem. I didn't know he died. Fuck. What happened? James Brown. Three months ago. Don't take no mess. Part one. This is Casey Kasem in Hollywood on American Top 40. And number eight. If you grew up in the 70s, the 80s, or the 90s, you knew that voice. As Michael Jackson threatens to take over the top five. Casey Kasem was everywhere, counting down the hits. Here's a tune that reached the top ten a few weeks ago. Got as high as number nine. And if you're too right. young to remember that, how about this? Casey was the voice of Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. No way. No I love that man so much. I would have died for him. Casey and I were married here. There were 500 people here. We had our friends and family. It was the most incredible day of my life. In 2014, Casey Kasem was dying of a Parkinson's-like disease. He was about to leave behind 
an enormous estate worth between 80 and 100 million dollars. His family went to war over that money against each other. Gene killed my father. And when you say killed, do you mean murder? What she did led to his death. That's a lie. It's a flat-out lie. Gene, Gene, Casey! He was perhaps the most famous person ever known for counting backwards. Mm. Radio legend Casey Kasem died today at the age of 82. I ran back in the room and I picked him up in my arms. I held him so tight and I said, I have never loved him like I have loved him. She isolated him and tortured him. My dad was left to die in a facility. They chemically restrained him. They removed his hydration, what? his nutrition, and all proactive medical care. Not one decision was made by me. My dad was dying. And, and I looked at her and I said, Dad's not going to be here for very long. You should get to the hospital. And she said? She, oh, she wouldn't talk to me. <clears throat> That's what she did. Always. If you are going to count down the American top 40 family feuds, this battle would be number one. What person in their right mind throws frozen meat at you, screaming biblical verses? There are always rabid dogs. It's so crazy and so weird. You're court ordered to be here today. They lie, they cheat. Abuse is abuse. And they think that they can get away with it. Why does she hate us so much? Shame on these children. Shame. We have been stalked, tracked, bullied. Not, none of what she says is ever true, so. They killed my husband. They killed their father. on the 48 hours youtube channel by the way posted three months ago 2.8 million views the number one mistake made by cholesterol and blood pressure drug takers i'm dr living good and i'm breaking down the shocking truth wife, Jean, illegally moved him from a facility where the 82-year-old was receiving treatment. He's very ill. He shouldn't be moved. There's never been a Hollywood drama quite like the family feud between the second wife of Casey Kasem. I am the owner of the house. 
and his children. She unplugged my dad from his feeding tube. Involving intrigue, money, and ultimately, his death. It was May 7, 2014. And you could say the mystery started right here. And imagine this. It was 2.30 in the morning. That move that night was to get him out of the drama and to keep him safe and secure. We had had enough. Jeannie Kasem, Casey's wife of 34 years, says she was convinced her husband's life was in danger. Jean Kasem told her story of Casey Kasem's drama for the first time to 48 hours. What were you thinking, Jeannie? I was thinking that it was time to protect my husband. The legendary radio host who suffers from dementia was checked out of an assisted living facility by his wife. It's a drama that really started all the way back in 1979, when Casey, then a divorced father of three, met Jeannie Thompson. She was a secretary at his agent's office. Casey fell for her. They were married exactly one year later at one of L.A.'s most luxurious hotels. So where are we right now? Well, right now we're where it all began, which is where Casey and I got married. There were about 500 people here. It was an amazing day. The Reverend Jesse Jackson married the couple. It was a dream come true. Spectacular. Jeannie Thompson was 22 years younger than Casey. She grew up listening to him. I'm Casey Kasem. Now we're up to our long distance dedication. I was growing up on Guam at the time, and we only had Armed Forces Radio over there. And I heard uh, this DJ come on, and he announced this record. Then I went, oh, my God, who is this guy? And he went, I'm Casey Kasem. <laughs> I'm going to miss the bus. Keep your pants on. It's only take five minutes. She is a former actress, best known for her role on Cheers. She's uh, got a way with colors and a flair for design the happy couple eventually moved into this mansion in one of the chicest la neighborhoods bel air just a hop away from the famous playboy mansion welcome to the Kasem house back then Kasem was on top of the world mr countdown himself casey Kasem, casey come on number seven is a favorite of anyone who's ever been in love here it is and that voice that Voice. He didn't think it was so good. Really? He said, I'm just the guy next door. Hardly. He had launched American Top 40. This is Casey Kasem, and we'd like to welcome you to American Top 40. Heard on more than 1,000 radio stations around the world. Doobie, doobie, doobie. He made hundreds of voiceovers. Scooby-Doo, where are you? And that signature voice of Scooby-Doo's pal, Shay. This nightstick should do it. Casey was much more than a voice to his three kids from his first marriage, Carrie, Mike, and Julie. He was their loving father. My father imparted so much wisdom on all of us when we were children. Education, education, education. 
Julie Kaysen became a physician's assistant. My dad imparted us to be humble, to treat people with kindness, to love those around you. So this is the studios, and my father still has a studio here. It's changed a little bit. His oldest daughter, Carrie Kaysen, helped out on his radio show. This is where he did American Top 40 and American Top 20. He would sit here, and he'd always have his water and his apple and rock candy for his boys. He had Carrie went candy. into modeling, acting, Time for and broadcasting. Four. Radio personality and television host Carrie Kaysen. His son Mike has a radio show in Singapore. A song from one of America's top 10 albums. Casey's children claim everything changed once their father and Jeannie became engaged. Was there an estrangement? There was. Basically, they were upset with their father and angry with their father because he married me. And they were angry with me because I married their father. Oh, will you pause it real quick? Casey and Jeannie would have their own daughter, Liberty. And as his success grew, they lived a full life. Casey and Jeannie threw themselves into philanthropy. You realize it really is important to give something back and to help repair the world because that's got to be my legacy. I know everything from environmental issues to animal rights to progressive politics. We believed in a lot of charity. In 2005, Casey Kasem was diagnosed with a Parkinson's like disease called Lewy body dementia. It slows them down. They can either get rigid or shaking. It may uh, sometimes affect their speech. In 2009, he gave up his beloved radio show and signed off for the last time. Now, one more time, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Casey would have no financial worries with an estate valued between 80 and 100 million dollars. But around that time, Jeannie claims his children became focused on one thing. It was all about the money. We became the bank of Kasem, the personal ATM machine. Around 2012, according to Jeannie, Casey was fed up and cut them off financially. Jeannie says the kids were furious, but instead of getting mad, Jeannie claims Carrie and the others did something almost unimaginable. I believe that Carrie Kasem did kill my husband, that it was a long-term premeditated plan, and he's gone. It's just lie after lie after lie without any evidence. Hear more about Casey from Jean, Carrie, and Julie on Facebook at 48 Hours. The children of legendary DJ Casey Kasem are demanding to know where is Kasem? Those adult children had put targets on our backs. 
Do you believe that your husband, Casey Kasem, feared his children? Yes. And feared that they could do what? What they did. Which was? Killing. That's ridiculous. That's just, that's ridiculous. There is no more evil in this world than Gene Thompson Kasem. Let me show you something. Gene says the alleged plot started in this very room behind me on a lonely stretch of Hollywood Boulevard back in 2007. She says that Casey's children lured their disoriented father from his Bel Air mansion to this very store to sign a very important document. He was taken to a UPS store and he was asked to sign his life away while he was on medications. He had sutures in his head. He did not have his glasses on, and he was out of it. Uh, does that mean the UPS store? This video, shot by Carrie, shows Casey filling out a document that would give his children, and not Jeannie, the authority to be in charge of his future health care. It's video that Jeannie claims shows that Casey is obviously impaired. That's Casey's daughter, Julie. 5419 Suite C, you know what I mean? Put the address. And this is the document Casey signed, laying the groundwork, Jeannie claims, that would lead to medical decisions that would kill Casey. Starting in 2013, as Casey's health declined, there were legal squabbles. Jeannie was trying to control when and where people could see Casey, including his own children. I was in tears. I was speechless. I called my sister bawling and I said, I just want to see dad and she won't let me. Jeannie also says she and her daughter Liberty became targets of a harassment campaign. Were you living in fear? Pretty much. Were you ever personally threatened by someone? It was a phone call that came in. I believe it was um, early in the morning and it, there was a loud bang on the phone. And I, I held my ear. I said, oh my God, it sounds, what is that? And then I heard it again, and I recognized it as a gunshot. And did you report this to the police? Reported it to our lawyer. Reported a lot of the incidences to the police. Ginny alleges someone smashed her front gate, her mail was stolen, and more. I believe that there's another surveillance van. There he is, right there. There he is. Go. It was around this time that Jeannie claims Casey's children asked police and Adult Protective Services to check up on Casey. They were called by Carrie, Julie, whomever. Los Angeles police found no evidence of abuse or neglect. Jeannie claims that the harassment continued. She points to this demonstration right outside her home. Carrie and some supporters were demanding to see Casey. After three months of no communication, we finally said enough, enough. Finally here, at a rehab facility in Santa Monica, the mysterious last days of Casey Kasem's life took a dramatic turn. Casey was very sick. He'd been in and out of hospitals for months, and there had been endless legal fights mostly over visitation. I was thinking that it was time to protect my husband. 
and leave the drama for all of us behind. Where's the poop? Seriously. If someone's colon is clogged and they have constipation and it's been two, three, or even ten days without relief, where- And leave the drama for all of us behind. Jeannie says she was keeping Casey at the rehab center under a fake name, but somehow his adult children found out. Then, a few days later, on May 6th, Jeannie says Carrie and Julie gained access into the facility and even got into Casey's room. She says she was terrified and furious. It was about the money. Casey no longer was of any use to them. It was all about the money. It turns out that the adult children's power of attorney for medical decisions had never taken effect. Carrie and Julie decided they needed to go to court to try to get custody of their dad. We had not seen him since February. Now this is May. But Jean was having none of it. The day she found out they were headed to court, she made a dramatic move. At 2.30 in the morning, doctors say Jeannie ordered Casey's surgically implanted nutrition tube and IV disconnected and checked him out of the rehab facility. The doctor in charge of Casey's care later wrote the following letter to police. Quote, She was informed of the risks of doing so and was told she was placing Mr. Kasem in great bodily harm or possible demise. He's saying that you could have killed him. That is not true. Casey was loaded into a black SUV and disappeared into the darkness. You know he's ill. Kasem's daughter doesn't know where he is. Dad once told me, don't ever go up against Jean. You don't know what she's capable of. Casey Kasem are demanding to know where he... It was May 2014 when Casey Kasem vanished. This is Casey Kasem on American Top 40 in Hollywood. That iconic voice in the world was nowhere to be heard, and his case was making big news. Casey Kasem's children have been saying that their stepmother has been isolating... Her. Nobody knew where my dad was. Nobody. I don't want to speak specifically. His children went on national television. We want him back. He knows that we're his children. Pleading directly to Jeannie Kasem. We've told Jean, take it all. Take everything. Keep it. Just give us our dad back. They were not only outraged that Jeannie had taken their father, but about how she had done it. Gene Kaysen pulled my dad out at 2.30 in the morning out of a convalescent center, unhooked his G-tube, unhooked his IV. He was supposed to be transported with an ambulance on a certain kind of mattress. No, she threw him in the back of an SUV that she didn't even get into herself. With no pain meds, no food, no water, no nothing. And we were devastated. We knew this was the beginning of the end. 
but there would be no end to the family feud that had begun years earlier in that UPS store. Carrie and Julie insist they didn't trick their dad into signing that document, the one they hoped gave them control over his medical care. Gene claims that Casey has no memory of ever signing that document. Watch the tape. Put the address. Put UPS store. You'll see my dad knew what he was doing, knew what he was signing. 5419. Now, estate planning is normally done in a lawyer's office. You're at a UPS store. He was terrified that Gene would find out. Let me give you Jean's interpretation of what she told me. And this is you? Yep. And this is your father? Yes. Now, there's a circle here because he supposedly had had a medical procedure and had sutures in his head. Is that true? To my knowledge, that is falsified information. In my opinion, Gene Kasem is a liar. 100% pathological liar. 48 Hours has confirmed that Casey had a procedure, but it was a minor one. Ten days before the signing, he had a small hair transplant. Just like that story, just about everything both sides told us is in dispute. Remember, ever since Casey married Jeannie, the relationship between the children from Casey's first marriage and their stepmother has been toxic. For example, take the arguments over money. The only thing she ever wanted from my dad is money. That's it. They and live you, and off you understand, my farm. She says the same thing to me about you. But I work. Listens to the actual. I'm very proud of who I am. I'm very proud of how hard I've worked. I've been on air for 21 years. You know, working multiple jobs sometimes to pay the bills. I own my own home. My dad didn't buy that for me. The feud intensified after Casey's health deteriorated. She had a plan to move him out of the house and cut us all off. Starting in 2012 is when I felt that the isolation began. I'm told by my sister, hey, I can't get a hold of dad, I can't get a hold of dad. My father was isolated and we were not allowed to see him anymore. Remember that demonstration outside Casey's house? That day, Jeannie even called the cops. My dad's very ill and he loves us. Do you know why she's not allowing you guys to see There's many reasons, but none of them are true. The whole drama climaxed in mid-May 2014. That's when Jeannie disappeared into the night with Casey. Desperate to find her dad, Carrie made this emotional appeal on TV. If you've seen anything, please call the police, please. Days after that, the battlefield in the War of the Kasems shifted to Las Vegas. That's where a private eye working for Carrie discovered the couple. Jeannie had taken Casey to a posh resort there, but not for long. Next, she put him on a charter flight. That private jet carrying a frail Casey Kasem flew northwest from Vegas, landing in Seattle. He was brought to a place not far from where I'm standing right now, 1,100 miles from his hospital bed in Santa Monica. All right, see so it plugs it in. Perfect. We'll start the car. I need a tap to begin the scan. to get away from the madness in 
Los Angeles. We were being photographed and followed to supermarkets and tortured, just tortured. Casey ended up in a place called Silverdale, a small town in western Washington. For the first time since those final days, we brought Jeannie back. spend some quiet, peaceful days in her parents' home. Can you show me the bedroom where he was? Yes, Is that okay? Yes, absolutely. This is where Casey was. Um, his hospital bed was here, very comfortable. My mother has a lot of Snoopy. She's an avid Snoopy collector. So Casey was in, in his here. hospital bed with all these Snoopies around him. Here. <laughs> and we had all of his medical supplies some were here some were in another room was he in pain no no he was not in any pain in this house ever acting on a tip washington adult protective service and kitsap county sheriff's deputies came by to check on casey mr casey and his wife are here visiting we did check on his welfare he seems to be doing fine he was upright he could communicate but Casey's stay here was about to come to an end. Carrie won a new court order. She was coming from L.A. to get Casey and take him to a hospital. And things were about to get weird. <laughs> Very what? weird. In late May 2014, Casey Kasem was counting down his days in Silverdale, Washington. In this home, tended to by a doctor, his family, and close friends. He was content. He was very happy. He smiled, shook our hands. It was just, it, it was nice. Shasta Bartelheim, a nurse's assistant, has known Casey since 1980. She helped care for him. Was he still able to converse, answer questions? Yes, he would speak. It was a whisper, kind of a, a sound. When he talked, he wasn't grimacing in any pain. On June 1st, 2014, when Carrie Casey, armed with a court order, came to pick up her father and take him to the hospital, Jeannie was waiting. Carrie arrives as usual with media in tow, her attorney, we pull up, and then fire trucks show up, and another ambulance shows up because Gene has caused a fit. As seen in this broadcast on NBC News. I saw geriatric Harley Davidson riders that were forming a line to not let me in. It's so crazy and so weird. Huh. That line of bikers was led by Shasta's brother. Casey started yelling, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave. No, no, no. He was frightened. His eyes were big. He didn't want to leave. No, he didn't want to leave. Acting on that court order, EMTs removed Casey. So show me where they took him. Down this hallway here, headed for the door. 
you headed out, and what was out here, out in the street? The ambulance was there. There were a couple of ambulances. Terrified, Jeannie called her lawyer. I dropped the phone, and I turned around to look for something, and there was meat in the kitchen. And I it was frozen hamburger. I grabbed the meat, and I came out here, and then um, I started walking this way with the meat in my hand. <laughs> then she took aim. I got my Jean throws a piece of frozen meat at me, screaming nonsense. Why meat though? Why grab meat? To me, they were treating my husband, an American treasure, Casey Kasem, like a piece of meat. Insane, crazy. You saw the real Jean Thompson Kasem. So, if I may ask you, are you crazy, Jean? <laughs> Carrie dodged the meat attack, then jumped in the ambulance with her dad and sped away to a local hospital where a doctor was standing by. The first thing he said to me, right when I got him in the hospital, your dad may not live very long, I'm just going to let you know. When Casey arrived here at St. Anthony's Hospital, his diagnosis was grim. He had, according to hospital records, a urinary tract infection and a stage 3 ulcer of his back. That's an open wound going almost to the bone. Within days, doctors would also diagnose septic shock, respiratory failure, a lung infection, and a host of other ailments. Like an ulcer. was so drastic. Mm. It was maddening. He was extremely thin. His face was sunken in. Shasta says Casey, who was taken out of the house that day, was nowhere near death. Oh, no. No. Heavens no. Not at all. The next day, Jeannie tried to get Casey out of the hospital. On June 2nd, we had an emergency court hearing, and the judge ordered that he could return home. Once his personal physician spoke with the attending physician at the hospital, just before 10 that night, Jean arrived here at the hospital, along with Shasta and her attorney. They claimed that the physician treating Casey had told them to come and pick him up. And he said his overnight observation has concluded, <coughs> and he's discharged. But when she arrived, the doctor wouldn't release him, saying Casey was in pain. He wasn't in any pain. They wanted him to be in pain. Jeannie refused to leave without Casey. She started screaming. They had to call the police to get her out of the facility. And three days later... We had three doctors come in and say, this is futile. Your father's dying. His organs are shutting down. He can no longer digest food. Carrie and her siblings now faced a wrenching decision. They say they followed a doctor's recommendation to stop Casey's hydration and nutrition. I couldn't hear it. I got upset. I said, isn't there something we can do? What if we try this? What if we try that? Because I was the fighter. I wasn't going to let him go. On June 6th, the Kaysen children alerted Jeannie. Jeannie called my lawyer and said to my lawyer that 
we're losing him. She should come to the hospital right away. Jeannie and Liberty rushed to the hospital, but claimed they were only permitted to see Casey for a few minutes. The countdown to savings is over. WeFair's five days of deals are here. Now until April 4th, score savings on all your favorites. Like rugs, up to... We're only permitted to see Casey for a few minutes. We were given five minutes to say goodbye to a man that I was married to for 34 and a half years. He looked at me and he was scared to death. I went to the bed. I held his hand. He grabbed my arm. Did Casey say anything to you? He said that we loved you. And I told him. Jeannie was desperate to get Casey's life support restored. My first and foremost thing was to save my husband's life every second count. She flew back to California, hoping to get the court to order it. Over the next few days, there would be several motions filed. The doctors said, unfortunately, there is nothing more we can do to keep your father alive. That was the hardest thing to hear. That's our dad. On June 15, 2014, Casey Kasem, the beloved radio icon, passed away. He was 82. We were all surrounding him on the bed with our hands on him. Every single one of us was touching him as he took his last breath. We were all there, all of us, and he was missing, his wife, and Liberty. It was 100% their choice not to be there. This court order says you can visit him at any time. No one can stop you. And what Carrie is saying is that you chose not to see Casey anymore in the hospital. That's not true. That is not true at all. We were afraid to go to the hospital. In death, the war of the Kasems grew even more fierce. He did not die of natural causes. They planned it, and they killed him. Jean killed her father. Whether it was premeditated or whether it was just by her careless actions. If someone killed your father, wouldn't you want justice? Casey Kasem's death was felt across the globe. And there was one guy on the radio I used to listen to all the time who passed away today. And so we want to dedicate this song to Casey Kasem. Travel safely, my angel. And travel he would. Casey's body was taken from Superman to flown to Montreal. And why Montreal? He was there for a time because his burial was being obstructed. Casey's body remained in Canada on ice for weeks. As his widow, Jeannie had full control over his burial. 
Casey and I had spoken about this, about where he would like to be buried, and it was in Israel. But Casey's children thought that was crazy. My dad's as American as apple pie. He lived in Los Angeles for 58 years. He wanted to be buried in Los Angeles. Casey's body took flight again, this time to, of all places, Norway. <laughs> fit for a king. Only she and Liberty were at Casey's gravesite. But they did bring their own camera crew. Why Norway, of all places? <laughs> there are concrete reasons for that. But because I'm in litigation, I can't share that with you. My dad's never been to Norway. <laughs> She's not Norwegian. <laughs> what is going on here? When you tell so many lies, you get caught up in them. After Casey's death, the battle between the Kasems went nuclear. Both sides in this epic family feud sued the other for wrongful death. What she did to my dad was elder abuse. Straight and simple. That trip is what cost my dad his life. He could have had two or three more years. She took him from us. You want to call it murder? Let's say she killed him. He's dead because of her. Casey's children accused Jeannie of a pattern of neglect, where she secretly moved Casey from one care center to the next. And she used the hospitals and the facilities as a babysitter so she didn't have to take care of him. I say that that's a flat-out lie. I was there. I was in touch with the doctors. Jean Kasem accuses the children of hastening his death by pulling the plug on Casey. Yeah. They chemically restrained him. They... I, I You're a Carvana. <laughs> I agree with that. Why they pull the plug? They chemically restrained him. They removed his hydration, his nutrition, and all proactive medical care. It was the equivalent of leaving Casey Kaysen in the desert to die. I really, really don't know. It's been a never-ending drama, even when Terry's lawyers finally deposed Jean. She fainted, blaming the episode on medication. And besides accusing each other of killing Casey, there's that battle royale over his fortune. As seen in this 2017 Inside Edition video, the mansion has become the latest battleground. The house hasn't been taken care of. The taxes aren't paid. Uh, they've destroyed everything. They've killed everything. There's no electricity on. There's no running water. At the request of Casey's children, a court-appointed trustee attempted to remove and store some of Casey's memorabilia. I appeal to go through Casey Kaysen's belongings after he was murdered. Meanwhile, the fight over Casey's assets, lawyers say, could take years. Today you are fighting for damages and access to your father's money. I am fighting for justice. That is what I'm fighting for. 
My father's wife, Jean Thompson Kaysen, didn't want us at the house, wouldn't pass phone calls along. In 2014, Carrie started a foundation to help pass legislation to protect the visitation rights of children. I was doing everything I possibly could to see my dad. And the law didn't help me in, in California. To date, 12 states have passed a visitation bill, including California. Passed the year after died. But I kept fighting till I won. Despite Carrie's claims of elder abuse and negligence, the Los Angeles District Attorney declined to prosecute Jeannie Kaysen, citing insufficient evidence. The police and the DA won't do a damn thing. That is why we're fighting. Take the money. Take it all. I want her in jail. In November 2018, Washington's Gig Harbor Police Department concluded an investigation into Casey's death. They found his older children were authorized to make medical decisions on his behalf, and there was no evidence of homicide. While the legal wheels grind ahead, this American icon, with his own star on Hollywood Boulevard, is buried in an unmarked grave in Oslo, Norway. I'm going to bring my father back to the United States of America where he belongs. I'm Casey Kasem. And just as Casey Kasem's legendary voice is certain to carry on, till then, keep your feet in the ground and keep reaching for the stars. His family is determined to keep fighting. I'm not going to quit. I'm the daughter of a Marine. My father is right here with me right now in every single day of my life. She can never take him away from me again. from his close friends at 48hours.com. Natalie Wood was one of the biggest film stars imaginable. Her death more than 30 years ago still a mystery. The case reopened. Do you believe Natalie Wood was murdered? It's suspicious enough to make us think that something happened. 48 Hours, next on CBS. Still there, um, I think Jean uh, Jean looks a little weird to me. And the ulcers. He had an ulcer he had a <coughs> huge ulcer. So I don't think and a and an infection. I don't think uh I don't think they were doing that great of a job. And they um, basically abducted him. 
but uh, yeah.